Shalom, friends, and welcome to The Final Threshold, a voice of those who are crying out in the wilderness to prepare the way of the Lord and to make His pathway straight. Here at The Final Threshold, we proclaim the true message of the kingdom in preparation for Messiah's second coming events. My name is Chadwick Harvey, and I welcome you. Friends, today we have a very special guest and good friend of mine, Brian Sanders, who will be speaking about his upcoming film, Why Stand with Israel, a film to change hearts. As we enter into these exciting yet perilous times on God's prophetic timeline, the topic of Israel is more crucial than ever for the global church to get right and to stand with God's chosen people. We will be discussing a variety of topics on Israel, so sit back and enjoy my conversation with Brian Sanders. How you doing today, Brian? I'm doing great. How are you, Chad? We are doing great. I'm so excited to have you on the broadcast uh, with such an important Amen. topic in your film, uh, Why Stand with Israel? Uh, when we first met, you told me about your film. I just thought it was such a divine appointment, uh, number one, that we met, but also that the timing of your film, when we see so much replacement theology, when we see so much anti-Semitism going on, I just thought it was such a divine appointment uh, that the Lord gave you this revelation uh, on Why Amen. Stand with Israel. Could you go into the uh, genesis of it, the revelation of, of the film? Sure, absolutely. Well, first off, I just want to thank you for allowing me to be on your podcast and to share with your audience uh, the vision that the Lord gave me for this film. Uh, it's actually uh, the first of several films in the Why Stand with Israel film series. And this one's called Why Stand with Israel, a film to change hearts. And better yet, we want to do more than just change hearts. We want to inspire and educate the global church. Uh, to remind them of their biblical responsibility to stand with Israel. And so how this journey began, uh, I would say about six years ago, uh, my wife and I were digging deep into our Judeo-Christian, Jewish, Hebraic roots. And, uh, you know, we, we started getting, we were hungry. We wanted to learn more that, you know, for the 20, almost 30 years of being a, a follower of Jesus and uh, a believer in the Lord, we never, ever heard a teaching on the nation of Israel, of where our, the foundation of our faith began. You know, I never heard a sermon on what it means to be grafted in. We've heard so many sermons and messages on the great theologians in the church and what they've done in the church's history, but never have I ever heard a sermon or a message on where our biblical heritage began, and that's the nation of Israel. And it, and it just really just baffled me because the father didn't send Jesus, Yeshua, to New York, L.A., London, or Paris. <laughs> he sent them to Israel. And that's where he's coming back. That's where the end times culminates. And that's where he's going to rule and reign for a thousand years. And uh, he's going to set up his millennial kingdom. And I just, you know, about that six years ago time frame, uh, you know, I it, the, the Lord really put this desire and burden to me just, just to want to share what I have learned uh, of something that, I found wasn't being taught in any of the churches I've been to. And uh, so I, you know, started asking the Lord, you know, there's got to be a vehicle. There's got to be a lane or something that we can educate the church on the importance of standing with Israel. I mean, God 
of, of all the nations and, uh, you know, on planet Earth. And, uh, you know, there's no other nation he calls his than the nation of Israel. And, you know, of all the people groups and people on planet Earth, he chose the Jewish people as his people. He says, you will be my people and I will be your God. And I, you know, I hear a lot from a, a lot of people and say, well, God's not a respecter of persons. He doesn't love the Jewish people more than he loves the Christians or the Buddhists or the Hindus or, or even Americans or for that matter. But I said, well, it's scripture that he's not a respecter of persons, but he is also a sovereign God that he cannot break his eternal everlasting covenant with the Jewish people and the land itself because he made a covenant with both of them. And, you know, Numbers 23, 19 is pretty clear. For God is not a man that should lie or change his mind. He doesn't go and break his covenants. Uh, it's, it'd be contrary to his word. And so during that time frame, and I was praying, asking, well, what, what can we do to educate the global church? You know, I've been in TV film for about 25 years, 26 years. And I, I you know, I'm a visual person. So I saw this vision of a film documentary educating the church on uh, based on scripture or why it's important to stand with Israel. And, uh, you know, I, I just said to the Lord, you know, that's a great idea. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, and I want you to do it. So it was almost kind of like uh, a Nineveh moment, like Jonah had a Nineveh moment. And I said, are you sure you got the right person? Because I wanted to, at that time, start uh, working on my own films. I've worked on other people's films. I've been in, like I said, TV and radio for 25 something years. And then, uh, you know, I saw this vision and I said to the Lord, well, I, I don't think I'm probably the best, um, you know, person of biblically knowledge, knowledgeable historically and even geopolitically. Uh, I mean, I loved Israel. I've been there before. Uh, I remember covering President Obama's visit, working for an international Christian broadcast ministry back in 2013, uh, my first visit there. And that's where the ball started going to learn more about Israel. And, uh, and so to, to move on forward on, on the vision, you know, I, I, uh, I started asking a little more questions and he said, I will be your teacher, you know, and I will show you what I, who I want in the film, the topics I want you to, to talk about. And the Lord has actually done that. So it's been the several years journey of uh, putting this film together. I've been to Israel several times and some of the topics that, uh, we want to focus on because the majority of the church. What I've been seeing, I did like an internal survey, you know, asking fellow believers or average Christian and even pastors, too, about where they stand with Israel. And, you know, their answers were just, you know, I, I, it just kind of blew me away. I had some pastors share with me, well, it's not my lane. It's not what we're called to do. And I, I was kind of, you know, I guess a little disturbed by it. I, you know, respected their their answer. But you know, God uh, in his word says that we shouldn't add or subtract. You know, if we're going to preach the whole counsel of God, we need to preach from Genesis to Revelation. And then we saw some other believers I talked to in this kind of internal survey I did uh, would say, I, you know, I don't know where I stand, you know. And some would say, you know, that whole region's a mess, you know. Um, you know, I don't want to offend the Arabs or the Palestinians. And so I said to them, well, you know, if you love the Lord and you love his word, you'll love everything that he loves. And in all honesty, there really isn't much of debate when you when you look at it that way. If you say you love God, you love his word, you know how clear it is in Scripture, how much he loves the Jewish people and the nation of Israel, whom he calls the apple of his eye 
and his treasured possession. And so, you know, seeing all this, you know, that fire started burning more uh, that we got to get this message out. This is a message that the Lord wants for his church, his, his bride. And so I started seeing, uh, you know, all this replacement theology, as you talked about before, where the notion is that somehow we believe in this, I don't know, I think it's an erroneous teaching uh, that we believe that God somehow, or I'm saying not me, but like the Gentiles, the global church believes that God somehow replaced Israel and the Jewish people, uh, his chosen people with us, the church. Now, again, we talked about Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that should lie or change his mind. He honors the covenants that he makes. It would be contrary to his word if he was to break it. And he, he as we know, he's a pro, he promises and fulfills his word. So that was one of the main things, all this replacement theology that's being taught uh, in the church and um, all the, the long history of the church's anti-Semitism as well. I mean, look at, we talked about earlier how we hear sermons on the great theologians. Like, for example, Martin Luther, toward the end of his life, was very anti-Semitic. You know, uh, he was inspired, I mean, from, from what he gathered and his, I guess, repose of the, the Jewish people, uh, inspired Hitler to write Mein Kampf. And we know the rest of the story of what happened from there. So there's, a, there's also a lot of myths, lies, and misconceptions about Israel uh, that is obviously not true that we wanted to also tackle. So you mentioned some great points that I'd like to follow up with you. And it goes back into what I believe is if you don't know where you're from, then you don't know where you're going. You mentioned that, that the Messiah, Yeshua, right. Jesus is going to return to Jerusalem, okay, and reign for a thousand years. And it's very important that we've lost that foundational, uh, the covenants is so important. And I, that's why I love your uh, the concept of your film because you get into the everlasting covenants and for the listeners who don't understand those it's it begins with the abrahamic covenant the promise of the seed and also the land and that seed is the seed that crushes the serpent's head which is jesus and he's going to be the king of the davidic covenant over the land sitting on david's everlasting throne and he is the messiah of the new covenant where the jewish people will call him their God and he, they will be his people. So they all work together and he will fulfill those three covenants, the Abrahamic, the Davidic and the new covenant at his uh, second coming throughout his millennial kingdom. And it's so important when I think of your subtitle, a film to change hearts, because that's where we are. We've got to change our hearts. We've got to change our foundation of where replacement theology creeps in and our biblical responsibility to understand uh, the covenants, because we, as you have said, we're grafted in Romans 11, Ephesians 2, 11 through 13, Galatians uh, 3, 26 through 29. If you're a seed of Christ, you're a seed of Abraham and heirs according to the covenant, the promise. The promise is the Abrahamic covenant. So we have to understand uh, these covenants to have our theology right, because I believe, like I said before, your film is very timely because we're seeing a great divide, even in the church, as you know, uh, better than anybody, a great divide that we're seeing uh, between you and I and the people who love Israel, who understand the everlasting covenants, and also the ones who do not understand the everlasting covenants that where replacement theology and other things come into play. Amen. That's right. No, I totally agree. 
And so, you know, just like you said, you know, um, you know, being that, uh, part of the seed of Abraham and there's a, a, a key scripture. I mean, there's many key scriptures uh, in regards to God's heart and covenants with Israel and the Jewish people. But when you look at Genesis 12, 3, it says, I will bless those that bless thee. And uh, whoever curses you, I will be cur- will be cursed. And through you, all the nations or families will be blessed in the earth uh, through you. And he's talking about the seed of Abraham. And he's talking about a blessing Israel and the Jewish people, the apple of his eye, his treasured possession. And, you know, God is clear. I mean, he says, if you bless them, you will be blessed. And if you don't, I mean, it's the repercussions are pretty profound that you will be cursed. I mean, God's not playing around. <laughs> and I think in this hour, as we see anti-Semitism, probably at an almost at an all-time high, that I feel like the Lord is doing a shaking. He's trying to get his church, his bride's attention, that especially with everything going on and when President Trump moved the embassy to Jerusalem and uh, the eternal capital of Israel and everything else going on as we're standing with Israel, uh, it's like God is trying to, it's like we're seeing acceleration of like the end times, how God wants his bride to stand with the apple of his eye. And I know you and I talked about that many times over. And so uh, I just feel like in this hour, the church needs to stop riding the fence and, um, you know, to stand with the apple of God's eye. And, and if you can't, if you may, if I'm allowed to, uh, there's a survey that we have in our film. And I just want to share this with your audience uh, of proof of where the church is and standing with Israel. So we were blessed that Lifeway Research gave us uh, some awesome points in their survey that we're going to share with our audience in a film that shows proof of how the church how much the church is standing with Israel. So at 72% of believe, Bible believers say they wish they knew more about what the Bible teaches about Israel's future. Well, see, that's, that's proof it's not being taught. 63% of Bible believers don't believe that the promise of the land still belongs to the Jewish people. So that tells me that they're not fully on board or standing with God's word. 32%, or and they're probably getting their information or source of truth from the liberal mainstream media. 32% or a third of Bible believers say they have no strong views about the state of Israel. That's that's mind-boggling. That's baffling. If you say you love the Lord and you love everything in his word, and, and, and we know how clear it is how much he loves the Jewish people in the nation of Israel, that that number stands out, that 32% or a third of Bible believers say they have no strong views about the state of Israel. And then only 2% have learned about Israel from national Christian leaders. So, I mean, I mean, it's clear in this hour, the Lord really wants his bride to, to come alongside. I mean, he always does, but you know, it's, it's clear how much they're not being taught. They're not standing with the word of God. I mean, it's, I don't know, to me, that's, that's the numbers are staggering. And I felt like this this film and this message is timely that we need to get to the church in this hour, uh, especially in the times we're living in. And, you know, I, I just want to say that this film is not a film to condemn the church in any way. We're just pointing spiritual, biblical truths, historical and even current day truths. And there, there's a survey right there that speaks loud and clear of where the church is. You know, I think 
most evangelical, like biblical, uh, you know, people that love the word and uh, and know and stand for his word, stand with Israel. But the average, you know, church attendee um, is, is is basically riding the fence. And and what we want to do is get this message out to the global church, which will be in multiple languages. And that they will truly grasp, they'll be inspired to stand with Israel, but they'll also be proactive to be a blessing to Israel and the Jewish people. And that's our heart. Amen. Amen. And I'm with you. It, it goes back to uh, the truth of the gospel. And I believe the gospel is from Genesis to where the seed is going to crush the serpent's head on forward to the book of Revelation. And I know that we agree on that. And and you mentioned some important uh, points that I'd like to follow up on with uh, Martin Luther and some of the church fathers, John Wesley. Some of these guys, when you read their uh, writings, they're very anti-Semitic. You know, they're very uh, it's, it's very hardcore. I could I tell people all the time, I can show you a quote uh, from Martin Luther and you would think Adolf Hitler wrote it, you know, going back to, going yeah. back to your point, And we need to be very careful. So I do believe that some of the anti-Semitism of the quote unquote church fathers has infiltrated the Protestant church, uh, the Catholicism, obviously some of these things. And you're seeing that the great divide that we're having. And then it's people like yourself, my ministry, and many others that are really trying to uh, promote and really bring to the attention of the everlasting covenants that, you know, if God, God says eternal, that means eternal. If he says everlasting, that means everlasting about these covenants. He will not lie to David in Psalms 89. He will not uh, lie to Abraham as well. So we have to ask ourselves and like, like I ask people, if, if you believe, not you, Brian, but if other people believe that God has broken his promises to Israel, then why don't you think he can break them with you? You know, he, he can. He's a sovereign God. He's righteous. He's holy. He's divine. Yep. He's not going to do this. And people get it confused with the Mosaic covenant, and the Abrahamic covenant. And that's for another conversation. But uh, we have to understand that his everlasting covenants, the ones that are unilateral, unconditional, irrevocable, the Abrahamic, the Davidic, the new covenant, that's what they are. And the Mosaic covenant was bilateral. It was an agreement. They had to, if you did this, the Lord did that. And if that generation did not uh, meet the standards, then he would exile them. And then he would raise up a new generation because of the Abrahamic covenant, you know, going back into the spies and all that, that brought the bad report. So you mentioned, you mentioned great scriptures and uh, I would uh, probably uh, come to the conclusion that the film is very heavily scripturally based uh, to to, to uh, prove a point uh, with the scriptures. And we have to understand, it reminds me when you were speaking about the scriptures, about Matthew 25. A lot of people take that uh, the wrong way, but he's speaking about his brethren. His brethren is the Jewish people, the judgment. When he returns, Joel 3, Matthew 25, is the same it's the same prophecy. He is going to judge the nations, the sheep and the goats, on how they That's treated right. his brethren. His brethren is the Jewish people right. first. You know, so yep. uh, what's your thoughts on those uh, scriptures, Matthew 25 and Joel 3? Well, you know, when you were mentioning the scriptures, uh, I, I want to kind of, I wanted to add another verse. Um, I, I think of Romans, Romans 11 actually comes to mind. And, uh, you know, when Paul paints this beautiful picture of the family of God as Israel be, uh, being this olive tree and the Jewish people being uh, the natural branches and us Gentiles Christians being the wild branches. And at the root is the Messiah, which is Jesus, you know, Yeshua. And I think, you know, Paul goes on and he talks about uh, the arrogance in the church. He says he warns us, do not be arrogant. 
you know, because you have been grafted in, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people think, you know, I hear this many times. Oh, well, God, you know, the, the Jewish people were, were stiff necked and he moved on from them. And that's a that's replacement theology, because Paul talks about as much as you have been grafted in the root. I mean, uh, the, uh, the natural branches will be grafted back in as well to not be arrogant. And, you know, I hear so many times on Romans 116 being preached in the church, but they don't seem to quote the whole entire scripture. And that's a little disturbing because God says, do not add or subtract, you know, and I, I don't know why it is, but they'll say, you know, Romans 116 talks about where Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe. And they just stop right there. <laughs> and, and Paul continues, he says, to the Jew first. And then to the Greek, and in some versions that says Gentiles. So, I mean, he, he's clearly saying a, a, a clear message saying we have to go to the Jews. We have to go to his chosen people. We have to share the gospel with them. We have to sh show this love that we have for them, their God, our God, and the land where our biblical foundation began. And, you know, I, 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 you know, I want to add even you mentioned the scripture in Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2, 15 talks about the one new man. I've never heard a preaching on that in the almost 30 years I've been a believer in any church I've gone to. And what is Paul talking about when he says the one new man? It's where Jew and Gentile come together. I mean, if you mm -hmm. want to see the next great awakening or revival, imagine the apple of God's eye, his chosen people he made a covenant with. And, and then us in the new covenant coming together, the new and the old, the Jew and the Gentile, like the olive tree coming together. I mean, you can't fully grasp God's redemption plan, full redemption plan, without including the Jewish people in the nation of Israel. So it might sound a little harsh, but I, I believe there's a little, there's a biblical illiteracy in the church. And, I, I you know, I'm, we're all learning, we're all growing uh, I mean, I know about six something years ago when I started diving into my Judeo Christian roots, I, 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 gosh, I was very naive. I was, I was uneducated about Israel, the Jewish people and, and God's covenants with them. I knew he made a covenant, but you know, when you read the Torah, you know, and the part of Shah and you get into the old Testament and you read about the covenants, you get a better understanding of God's heart and his love for his people. And uh, I just feel like that's just not being taught enough uh, in the church. And what we want to do is we want to educate and we want to inspire them. Because once we get a hold of this truth and these biblical facts, I believe we're going to awaken in a sleeping giant, a church that's, that is so evangelical. They want to get people saved, but they want to go after God's people with the love of, of Yeshua. I think we could possibly see the next great awakening or revival when we do that. Amen, brother. Amen. You mentioned Ephesians too, and it's interesting because I do include this in a lot of uh, topics with the feast days and things like that, that it yep. says that, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, it says that once we accept the Messiah, that we're no longer Gentiles, you know, we're, we're into the commonwealth of Israel, you know, and that's yeah. very important. You won't hear that many on the church pulpits, but when you accept the Messiah as your savior, Jesus, Yeshua, then you're no longer a Gentile. You're grafted in, and the Jewish people are yep. grafted into the commonwealth of Israel, of the, of the Lord. Amen. And that's what we've got to understand. Beautiful. So it. it's Sorry. very it's very plain. And that goes back into the Exodus 12 scripture, where when they left Egypt, 
there was the congregation of Israel. If you read the scriptures, he yep. mentions that. Why would he say the congregation of the children of Israel? Well, because there were Jews and Gentiles. You know, there were some Egyptians who left Egypt after 10 of their gods were smashed and crushed by the Lord. I would have left as well. And I said, I want to be a part yeah. of that God, you know, so to speak. So um, it's very important for all, all of us to have our theology correct that uh, he's not... So many times I feel like that the Gentile church, the Western church, and I'm not trying to be critical, but this is just my belief yeah. that the Gentile church has hijacked uh, Jesus out of his Jewishness and put him True. in Gentile True. clothes. And now we wonder why the Jewish people can't see their Messiah according to the Gentile way, if you will, because he's not um, in, in his Jewishness. He's not in the feast days. They're not doing the feast days. They're not doing Shabbat. They're not doing the things where that's what Jesus did. You know, he was a Jewish man. He's a Jewish God. He's the God of Israel. He's coming back on David's everlasting throne, who was a Jew as well. David was yeah. a Jew. Yeah. So we have to understand that. And Messiah himself said, that salvation is of the Jews. So that's very important yeah. when he said that it just really triggers a lot of these scriptures that you are, are really bringing to light in your film. Uh, friends, we are with my good friend, Brian Sanders on his film. Why stand with Israel, a film to change hearts. And we're having a very deep discussion about the theology and the foundation that we as believers, as born Gentiles, quote unquote, once we're into the commonwealth of Israel, uh, we are a part of Israel, so we need to stand with Israel so we're not divided against ourselves. And I know that you and I have mutual friends that are uh, Messianic Jews, which are Jewish believers. And it's so amazing, and I want your thoughts on this, is whenever we come together with uh, our friends who are uh, Jewish believers, it's such a great dynamic because we were born Gentiles. They were, they're the natural branches. We're the wild olives. And when we come together, there's just a great great, a great uh, coming together, a great vibe, if you will. Uh, could you expand on that in your experience when you worship with the Jewish believers? Uh, absolutely. I, I totally agree with you, Chad, that it's just a, a beautiful experience. I mean, it's like you're partaking in prophecy being fulfilled, even though it's constantly being fulfilled, what the Lord is doing with the Jew, Jews, uh, Jewish people in the land of Israel that are coming to Yeshua. But I mean, to, to see that, you know, worship and experience worship with the Jewish believers in Yeshua and Messiah, it's it's amazing. I just um, I mean, you talk, you hear about the scripture where two or three are gathered in name. He's in the midst of them. I feel like it, take, it goes to another level because you're partaking and celebrating and worshiping, worshiping together our risen Messiah and King. Uh, and it's just uh, beautiful. It's beautiful to see. And um, another thing I wanted to share is because um, there's other things that there are blessings when you bless Israel. We talked about Genesis 12, 3, but, you know, in Scripture, in Isaiah, it talks about, you know, uh, the Gentiles and nations carrying the Jewish people on their shoulders. And what I'm getting at is we can help partake in prophecy by bringing the Jewish people, helping them make Aliyah to return them back to their natural homeland, mm. Israel. And I think what a beautiful opportunity. And if you want to be blessed, and it's not just about the, about, it's not about the material blessings, but if you want to bless God and you want to touch his heart and bless the apple of his eye, his treasured possession, you can partake in the scripture by helping Jewish people make Aliyah. 
And, you know, I know you had uh, Haim Melsman, our, our good friend, uh, that has the Aliyah Return Center in Israel. That's just one organization that helps receive some of these Jews making Aliyah, returning back to their land uh, that God has given them. And I just think, you know, for for the believers that are the evangelical believers that um, want to see prophecy fulfilled, they want to partake, they get excited about uh, sal- um, the salvations coming to the kingdom. Here's a beautiful way that you can partake in it and also be blessed. Um, so that's uh, that's one thing I want to share. But and also in our film, you know, there's not just biblical myths and misconceptions, but there's also geopolitical, uh, even you know, myths and misconceptions. And some of those you may have heard of that uh, the, the nation of Israel is supposedly an uh, occupier or an apartheid state. So we get into those topics and we try to refute and defunct those lies and myths. And so if you don't believe biblically that the Lord gave it, uh, the Jewish people, uh, the nation of Israel, that he gave it to them, look what happened on uh, the UN partition plan back in history that led to the Jewish people receiving their, uh, their national homeland. All the nations came together for a vote in this UN partition plan. And it, you know, in favor, it came in favor to the Jewish people. 33 votes were casted to the Jewish people uh, to, to give them a national homeland. 10, uh, 10 opposed, and, um, 13 opposed, and 10 abstained. So, if you don't believe that the Lord gave them the land, it's His land. He says, on all the nations on planet Earth, He said, "This is my land." But He gave it to the Jewish people as a deed. Uh, a national homeland that he promised to their forefathers, their ancestors, and he fulfilled that prophecy in Isaiah 66, 8. So that's that's one way we refute the occupier statement. Uh, another way is if you've ever been to the land uh, in Israel, there's these red prohibit signs all over the land. And what it says is that uh, Israel Israeli citizens, Jewish citizens are not allowed in uh, Palestinian territories. Now, if this land was given to them biblically by the Lord himself, Elohim, and the nations gave it to them, how come they can't go anywhere they want in their own land? So how are they an occupier? I mean, they are an occupier because God gave it to them, but how are they occupied in a geopolitical standpoint? You know, um, I mean, what shows me, and uh, we, we try to convey to our audiences, Israel is the only true democracy in the Middle East. Meaning Jews, Gentiles, Christians, um, Druze, um, all have the same and equal rights. And then we go into the apartheid statement comment, you know, which uh, these comments are being fueled by what happened in South Africa, which is you really just can't compare. It doesn't even line up there. uh, That common phrase that Israel is an apartheid state uh, uh, basing on that. Is how I don't know how that can be even true. You know, if they have Arab politicians in the Knesset, their Congress, their parliament, making the rules of the land and also having a Supreme Court justice uh, making the highest laws in the court and the highest court in the land, how can they truly be an apartheid state? So we refute that uh, false assumption and accusation against Israel because we sometimes get hear this in the church about, well, you know, they're occupying, they're not an apartheid state. And it really goes back to where are they getting their source of truth? It doesn't tell, it shows me that they're not getting it from the word of God. They're obviously getting it from some other source, probably the liberal mainstream media that spews lies daily. I mean, all you have to do is turn on the TV and 
and it looks and it seems like the United Nations is imposing another resolution against Israel. Israel has more resolutions against them than uh, Iran, North Korea, and Syria combined, who are creating a genocide, who have a dictatorship, totalitarianism um, rule in their lands, and persecuting their own people and believers as well. And Israel has a combined has more resolutions uh, against them than those three combined. It's just it's mind boggling. And so with that, I say. If we are grafted in and they are our, our Jewish brothers and sisters, they're part of our family, how come the church is silent? You know, I love that we're, we're for the things of God and for pro-life and standing up for, uh, you know, life in general and against abortion and other things. But how come we're not standing up for our own family members? Family members don't do that to one another. And if we say we love God, and we love everything he loves, we should be standing shoulder to shoulder and not be silent. As it says in Isaiah, do not be silent and we, uh, for our, our Jewish brothers and sisters and, and the land that God gave them, his land. You know, I try to, we try to inspire the church in our film, the global church, that if you want to put some, something on your bucket list and you want to go, I mean, we want to encourage you to visit the, this land that God says is his. If you want to go deeper in your faith, I want to encourage you to, to visit the land. Go and bless the Jewish people, the, the living stones in the land. See where Yeshua walked. Have a, a Shabbat meal with a Jewish family. Partake in, in these covenants you know, that God gave us in the, the Moedim appointments. He talks about in Leviticus 23 that you were preluding to earlier of how we get a chance to, to partake in Shabbat and these uh, appointed times. You know, People come up to me, and you probably have, uh, experience as well. And they asked me, are you Jewish? I said, well, according to scripture, I'm grafted in, but you know, uh, I guess genetically I'm, I, I'm not, I, I'm a Gentile. I'm a, I'm, you know, I wasn't born Jewish and I wasn't born in Israel. So I, 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 I physically can't be genetically, but spiritually I am thanks to Yeshua. And so I said, and they said, well, you're celebrating all these Jewish feasts. And I said, well, according to Leviticus 23, it says it's the Lord's appointed appointed feast. Amen. So if he's so is he not your Lord? If he is, then you can partake in it as well. And you know, we're we're commanded to do that. Amen. And you know, it says also in scripture, I believe in the feast of Sukkot, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that when when the Yeshua comes back, we're required to go up to Jerusalem and celebrate that with him, or or else we'll have no rain in our land. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's there's promises, and there's and it's also a command to celebrate these feasts, these appointed times, and the Jewish term is moedim, you know. Uh, so another beautiful thing that we get to partake in that the Lord commands us to do that will I believe there'll be a blessing to follow. And so, Amen, brother. Yeah. Uh, I'm totally with you. And uh, when you were talking, there were so many great points and, you know, the Moedim and the Shabbat. And like I tell people, that's where the Lord is. And that's where I want to be. You know, the Lord's there. He's on his feast days. He's on his calendar. That's where I'm going to be. And also he's in his land. That's where the Lord dwells. And in the prophet Joel says that uh, the children of Israel is the apple of his eye. So all of these points that you're bringing out in your film are just absolutely amazing and very necessary for the times we're living in. And like I tell people, 
the Holy Bible has declared the deed to the land and the boundary That's lines right. have already been sorted out by the Lord. And then when you read right. uh, in the Torah and then when you read in the prophets in Zechariah uh, one and two with the measuring line with the angel, the Ezekiel 43, 48 uh, with the millennial kingdom revelation, all of these scriptures over and over says that God himself has the boundary lines established, not the United Nations, right. not America, not, uh, not uh, Israel, not anybody who's wanting to divide any of the land. Uh, God right. has established this, and there's a very strict warning on that. And I always tell people there's two physical proof uh, that God the God of Israel lives forever. And number one is the promised land. You know, when Israel became a yeah. nation again after 2000 years. And the second one is the Jewish people, because uh, yeah. just by human standards, okay, that the Jewish people should not even be around because all the empires that have come against them, you know, you had uh, all of the major empires that wanted to demolish them. But the God of Israel is true to his everlasting covenants, which goes back into your film, Why Stand with Israel? And uh, the remnant, there's always going to be the Jewish people. And because all those other empires we have... Right fallen they have been crushed they're no longer here and the jewish people are still here the state of israel is still here the promised land is still here so i tell people that's the most physical proof on earth that the god of israel uh, lives forever and uh, that's what we really need to get in in touch with the that's church right. on and i think your film Amen. is going to bring that out uh, just totally amazing and uh, i just Thank can't you. wait for the release of it and i just can't wait for uh, the feedback because i believe that the lord has really anointed you and anointed this film uh, for such a time as this thank you so much uh it's you know i i look at it as uh, as a gift a treasure it's like a mandate that the lord gave me and i i, I feel completely honored and humble that you know he chose me to do this film i know there's a lot of great people doing amazing things in the kingdom and for Israel. But when, when the Lord gives you something like this and you just can't shake it and you know that you're a part of it, you know that he gave it to you. Of course you want to do it the best you can, like as you're doing it unto the Lord. Cause at the end of the day, of course we want people to, to be educated. They, they, you want them to come on board. You want them to be inspired, but you want the Lord to get all the glory because it's him that gives us the creativity and he births these things in our heart. And you mentioned something earlier, Chad, uh, about and it's so important and you you hit the nail on the head about you know jesus being jewish he was fully jewish so i mean when people say you're partaking in these jewish feasts look jesus celebrated all of them and when he comes back he's gonna do it with celebrate it with us and i go how beautiful is that i mean it's it, it's uh, you know we, we have to re remember that and wrap our minds that you know, people say, was Jesus, Jesus is a Christian. You know, was he a Christian? Because his name is Jesus Christ, or that's one of his titles. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus didn't come to, to uh, you know, change or start a religion. He was fully Jewish. He was sent by the Father, only did what the Father told him to do and saw the Father doing. And he didn't start a revolution. He, he brought the kingdom and he taught on the kingdom. He taught, he teaches more on the kingdom of God more than the church itself, the ecclesia. And so these are kingdom principles he's teaching on this word. And it's where from Genesis all the way to Revelation. And, and God wants us to honor that. And another thing we, we, we mentioned in the film, we talked about Martin Luther, you know, toward the end of his career and how he had a repose for the Jewish people that uh, his teachings or his comments inspired 
Adolf Hitler to write Mein Kampf. Well, we also look at what uh, Constantine did. You know, so it's so much filled in the church. Again, I'm not trying to condemn or bash the church, but if we say we love God, why are we following man's laws or man's order? When 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 Constantine changed the Sabbath, Shabbat, from Saturday to Sunday, that's or we we have a choice to make here. We we even implement that in the film. Uh, should we be following the Lord? If he said it's on Shabbat, he said six days you will work and the seventh day you will rest. Well, if you look at the Hebraic calendar and the um, Gregorian calendar, it still falls on the same day, on a Saturday. If you want to look at how God um, established the earth from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown, that is the true how we started the world and creation, uh, it, it, it doesn't change, you know, and he doesn't change. He made an everlasting covenant and a mandate, a commandment of when the Sabbath Shabbat will be. So my encouragement to the churches that in this film also, not only to stand with Israel, are you going to continue to follow man's laws that change God's ordained law and covenant and, and commandment? Uh, you know, it, it's, it's, pre it's pretty clear. You have the choice. And I want to encourage the church. I know it's probably going to ruffle some feathers, but this is biblical truth. This is not something I made up. You know, it's, it's clear in scripture. And so that's another thing that we want to do. And, you know, Constantine, you know, he persecuted the Jewish people. You know, he um, and look at what happened at the Nicene Council. And now he, you know, changed not only the Sabbath, he persecuted the Jewish people, cut off their ears. And he also uh, uh, forced them to eat their biblically restricted pork on Shabbat, on Sabbath. You know, I mean, talk about uh, an atrocity and just, uh, I mean, inhumane and uh, breaking biblical covenants. Uh, and, you know, we go into other details of how church leaders and theologians and what we've done that I'm trying to inspire the church as we can come together and do a, a repentance and repent to the Jewish people and repent before our Lord. That when we do that, I believe uh, there will be a uniting with Jew and Gentile. And I, I believe that we'll have a better opportunity to have more dialogue with the Jewish people and opportunities to bless Israel. I mean, there's so many great ministries in, in the land and Israel itself that are are blessing the Jewish people, blessing the Holocaust survivors, you know. And if we just can go with the mindset of we're not here for our own um, personal agendas, that we're there to truly represent the Lord and bless them with the love of Yeshua, imagine what the Lord can do with that. When we talked about Ephesians 2.15, Jew and Gentile coming together. I mean, we're praying, we're asking the Lord to repent on so many things right now. We're hearing it all over all over uh, you know, social media, believers are speaking out that we need a great revival and awakening. But we do we need a, a repentance before any of that. And a lot of that goes back to, you know, the early church, you know, the, the Jewish people. They they the, the the Bible was written by Jews. How can we not honor and bless them? Romans 15, 27 is clear, and we put this toward the end of the end of our film as an encouragement to inspire the church on how they can bless Israel. So Romans 15, Paul talks about as much as we've been blessed spiritually, and he's talking about the Jewish people giving us the word of God, we owe it to them to bless them materially. So how can we do that? We can do that in several ways. It's not just in our tithes, our offering, and, our, and financial means, monetary value. 
but we can also do it in our actions and our love and for praying for them and, and truly being authentic and just wanting to bless them. You know, um, I think by doing that, the Holy Spirit will help water that seed. And, you know, we're called to provoke them to jealousy. And I think that is one one example of how we can do that and just trust the Lord uh, on the results from that. Amen. You mentioned some great points about uh, the church history and Constantine and Martin Luther and uh, those kind of. uh, And it reminds me of when the the Holocaust happened and some of the theology that Martin Luther and, you you know, you mentioned the Adolf Hitler, that the European church turned a blind eye to the Jewish people. They knew what was going on. And, you know, you did have a remnant of the believers, the Corey Ten Boons, if you will, that really stood up for the Jewish people, harbored them in their homes as a refuge and really stood up against the Nazis. But I believe we have the same understanding when we're looking at the American church now, when we see the rampant uh, increase uh, the escalation of anti-Semitism going on in America. It's really at an all-time high, believe it or not. And you're seeing a lot, especially with what's going on with the rioting, the protesting, and the things that have that oh, yeah. have happened uh, in 2020. You're seeing the Aliyah or the return of the Jewish people to Israel. The applications yeah, up more. 100% in America, yeah, and also 300% in the world. So I wanted your opinion. Do you see that? The American church has a decision to make of where we stand with the Jewish people as we see anti-Semitism rise up uh, through many ways. Do you feel like we're going to have to have that same choice, uh, if you will, uh, that the European church had uh, back then? Absolutely. Um, I mean, to stand with the Jewish people. Yeah, absolutely. I I think. I think of scripture where we're all going to have to face the Lord uh, on judgment for all of our actions and thankfully for his mercy and grace. Uh, you know, uh, I, 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 you know, I still think we'll be in the book of life or, but there's there, God is clear, you know, we can't, if we can't forgive our brother, how can he forgive us? You know, if we have anything against our brother, any kind of bitterness or anything, we need to forgive, but we also are accountable for our actions and I believe the Lord is going to look down on that. And, and you know, I think he's given us a reprieve right now, especially in this hour and all that's happening, that, you know, the church has to, you know, come, be accountable for its sins. The anti long history of anti-Semitism, the persecution of the Jewish people and the nation of Israel, and how we turned the blind eye, how we were silent during the Holocaust, and even, even today. So there, there is going to be a choice we have to make. And I think the Lord's doing a shaking right now and he's trying to get his bride's attention. And if this film can somehow inspire and they can see the biblical truths that are filled throughout the entire film, uh, you know, an opportunity for them to see God's heart, his love, uh, the special endearment love that he has for them. I mean, he, he, he is not a respectful person, but he is a sovereign God, as we talked about before, that he doesn't break his covenants. And to give these special endearment love terms as the apple of my eye, my treasured possession, he doesn't say that about the United States. He doesn't say that about England or uh, Australia or other nations. He only says that about Israel, the, the, the only land on planet Earth that he says is mine. And, you know, we have a lot in common with the Jewish people. We do go around saying we're the bride of Christ, and, and that is scripture. But if we look at Isaiah 54, 5, 
it's the if the Lord is speaking to his people, the Jewish people whom he chose, and he says, your maker will be your husband. Wait a second here. So that sounds to, like to me that they're a bride also. So, you know, if the church can kind of grasp that and Paul's illustration of the family of God in Romans 11 with the olive tree and, um, and, and the one new man in Ephesians 2.15, if we take hold of that, I think with the repentance that, that is needed and, 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 and the love that is brewing to, to stand with God's people and this land that he says is mine, um, you know, um, Jerusalem itself is known as the city of God. It's the city of the great king. If there's anywhere on planet Earth and, and your love for the Lord, wouldn't you want to go and visit that place that he says, this is mine. This is the city of God. This is a city of the great king where Yeshua, Jesus is coming back. He's going to land on the Mount of Olives. It's, there's going to be an earthquake. It's going to split in two and he's going to walk through the mercy gate, the beautiful gate. And he's going to sit on his throne and he's going to rule and reign for a thousand years and, and set up his millennial kingdom. Wouldn't you want to go and visit that place, that land that God says is mine? Yes, the whole earth is his. And it's clear he says that in um, Psalms 24, you know, but specifically he's marked Israel and the Jewish people. I would think that would get the church fired up or want to, you know, explore their Judeo-Christian roots and even, um, you know, be a blessing, be proactive and bless the Jewish people and nation of Israel. Try to refute any kind of dialogue and rhetoric that's contrary to God's word and, and the truth uh, historically as well. Amen, brother. What would be, uh, as we close, what would be one final word uh, that you would give the listeners? You know, one final word to whatever's coming to you right now at the hour that we're living in on God's prophetic timeline, what we're seeing uh, in America, what we're seeing uh, across the nations. Uh, what would be one final word uh, that you would give the listeners and also how they could contact you if they have any questions or uh, concerns about your film, Why Stand with Israel? Well, Chad, thanks so much uh, for the opportunity, and uh, that's um, and I thank you for even this. Uh, well, uh, I would say is just like we, we've been sharing. Uh, Wayne Hilsen, uh, he's the founder of Firm Fellowship of Israel Related Ministries and the founder of uh, King of Kings uh, Congregation in Jerusalem. Uh, he said it best, and I've actually been quoting what he says in our film uh, that if you love the Lord and you love His Word, you'll love everything that the Lord loves. And it's truly clear how much he loves the Jewish people in the nation of Israel. I would ask that if you are a child of God, I, I would ask that you would, you know, just continue to put your faith in the Lord and what his word says. It doesn't change. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. Stop believing the liberal mainstream media's lies and what they're putting out. I mean, you know, there's no perfect nation out there, but this is a nation that God calls as his. And he wants you to he wants us to stand with the Jewish people in the nation of Israel. I mean, from there's no other nation that God talks about in his word more than the nation of Israel from Genesis to Revelation approximately 2,400 times. And we say that in the film. And why is it a disconnect to us? How come we don't how come we don't know much more about this nation that God gave to as a deed to the Jewish people? I mean, we all what we what we hear and what we know. Um, you know, as Jesus was born there, he lived there, he performed miracles, he died and he's, and he's coming back and maybe a little bit more, but wouldn't you want to know more of why God chose Israel? 
you know, it's approximately in size compared to the state of New Jersey. All of its enemies on its borders want to take them out, wipe them off the map, push them out to the sea, the Mediterranean Sea, and they delegitimize Israel on a daily basis. You know, if our brothers and sisters that are we have been grafted into are being persecuted, and this land that's constantly being attacked and being threatened, um, you know, uh, physically and spiritually, we should be we shouldn't be silent. We need to be standing up for them and God's land. So that's what I want to encourage them, uh, the the body of Christ, the body of Yeshua, to continue to keep your eyes on the Lord and stand with what He and believes and loves and what He stands for. Because I believe there will be a blessing, as according to Genesis twelve three. But when you know the truth and you, and you don't stand with the truth, in Genesis twelve three, there, there are repercussions, and um, you know those repercussions are that the curse will come upon you. This is not to scare or promote fear. This is God's word. You know it doesn't return void. So that's what I want to do. I want to encourage you to stand for the things that God loves and what He stands for. And you will be blessed. Amen. Amen, brother. Uh, how could the listeners, if they had a question for you or about your film, uh, how could they uh, get in contact with you? Uh, thanks for asking. Oh, um, one, more, one more thing I wanted to add is um, in this hour with, you know, with the coronavirus and everything going on and the restrictions and we're seeing you mentioned about the riots and the protests. Uh, we even said you mentioned it earlier we, that we need to also keep our eyes on what's happening in Israel. And I really believe that we need to continue to pray that uh, for the unity, the peace of Jerusalem, as we're called to pray for in Psalms 122, 6 through 9. And, uh, you know, um, God says, do not divide my land. And uh, we need to be praying for our leaders, praying for President Trump, that he would not oppose what God stands for and what he says. If he says, do not divide my land, that's clear. Do not divide his land. And I pray uh, that, that you know, he, he would have wisdom and he would um, hear from the Lord and the evangelical council around him that's, you know, praying that he, he, he continues to stand with Israel because, you know, there, there are reports, uh, you know, that other leaders, uh, United States presidents that didn't stand with Israel and there were repercussions on that. Uh, on our land. And so I'm just praying that, you know, President Trump does the right thing. And um, getting to, to your last point, um, and thank you again, Chad, for having me on. Um, if they want to know more about our film, I, I welcome you to, to visit our website, whystandwithisrael.com. Uh, we have two trailers on there. We have an official trailer, an extended trailer. Uh, we even lay out the points of why we're uh, doing this film and the film series. Uh, we also hope to have a TV show down the road uh, on, you know, all the things happening in Israel, whether it's current events, uh, biblical archaeological finds, uh, showcasing beautiful places in the land, uh, highlighting ministries and organizations that are blessing the Jewish people, the Holocaust survivors. Uh, they're just truly being a light and salt in the land. Um, and um, you can also go to our Facebook page, Why Stand With Israel Facebook page. We'd love to have you uh, check it out, comment, like, and share uh, with like-minded believers. And um, if you have a question, you're welcome to even email me personally at brian, brian at israel.com And that's brian, B-R-I-A-N, at whystandwithisrael.com. So uh, that's uh, thanks so much, Chad, for having me on. I, I, I really appreciate it. And thank you for your audience for 
sitting in and, and listening on how they can stand with Israel. And I, I pray it's a blessing for them and for you as well. Well, I really appreciate you coming on, my friend. It's always a pleasure to speak with you about such an important topic. And so we want to just bless you. God bless you with this. I know that you're anointed. We know that your film is anointed as well. And we just encourage the listeners to stay in touch with you, like you've mentioned. Uh, be ready for the film to come out uh, on the appointed time uh, by the Almighty. And we just love what, you're, love what you're doing. And uh, God bless you, my friend. Uh, friends, we've been with my good friend Brian Sanders and his film, why stand with israel a film to change hearts is such a great topic at this time where there's so much confusion going on within the church about the foundation about the everlasting covenants our biblical responsibility uh, to israel to the jewish people to stand by our brethren and remember the scriptures that we've spoken of with romans 11 with the grafting in with the commonwealth of israel in ephesians 2 and we always have to know where we have come from to know where we are going as a wise saying says so this is an important Amen. time for the church right now it's an important time to throw off some of the replacement theology that has infiltrated the church stand on the lord's word stay on uh, genesis 12 3 to bless the children of israel bless israel and you will be blessed and then there obviously is consequences so friends we hope you've enjoyed this uh, beautiful conversation that I've had with my good friend, Brian Sanders. And until next time, as always, I'm your host, Chadwick Harvey, and you've reached the final threshold. Friends, today we have a very special guest and friend of mine, Timothy Gill, who is a missionary and teacher of the gospel and the founder of the Christian Persecution Preparedness Institute. We will be discussing the imperative topic of spiritual warfare. As we witness the events in the world spoken of by the biblical prophets, including Messiah in the Olivet Discourse, spiritual warfare is paramount for us to understand and to engage in for ourselves and for others. We will be discussing a variety of points on this crucial topic so sit back and enjoy my conversation with Timothy Gill. Friends, today we have a very special guest and friend of mine, Timothy Gill, who is a missionary and teacher of the gospel and the founder of the Christian Persecution Preparedness Institute. We will be discussing the imperative topic of spiritual warfare. As we enter into the events of the world spoken of by the biblical prophet... Hello, friends, and welcome to The Final Threshold, a voice of those who are crying out in the wilderness to prepare the way of the Lord and to make His pathway straight. Here at The Final Threshold, we proclaim the true message of the kingdom in preparation for Messiah's second coming events. My name is Chadwick Harvey, and I welcome you. Friends, today we have a very special guest and dear friend of mine, Dr. Dean Spitzer, who is a Jewish believer and prominent leadership expert and Bible teacher. We will be discussing the imperative topic of anti-Semitism as we... <clears throat> Friends.
Friends, today we have a very special guest and dear friend of mine, Dr. Dean Spitzer, who is a Jewish believer and prominent leadership expert and Bible teacher. We will be discussing the imperative topic of anti-Semitism as we enter into... Friends, today we have a very special guest and dear friend of mine, Dr. Dean Spitzer, who is a Jewish believer and prominent leadership expert and Bible teacher. We will be discussing the imperative topic of anti-Semitism. As we witness the rise of anti-Semitism across the world, including America, it is paramount for the Gentile church to understand the genesis of anti-Semitism and the dark history of it so that we can stand with our Jewish brethren as we enter into these perilous times. We will be discussing a variety of points on this imperative topic, so sit back and enjoy my conversation with Dr. Dean Spitzer. Friends, today we have a very special guest and dear friend of mine, Dr. Dean Spitzer, who is a Jewish believer and prominent leadership expert and Bible teacher. We will be discussing the imperative topic of anti-Semitism as we... As we witness the rise of anti-Semitism across the world, including America, it is paramount for the Gentile church to understand the genesis of anti-Semitism and the dark history of it so that we can stand with our Jewish brethren as we enter into these perilous times. We will be discussing a variety of points on this imperative topic, so sit back and enjoy my conversation with Dr. Dean Spitzer. Friends, today we have a very special guest and good friend of mine, Dr. Ryan Hatta, who is a practicing emergency physician who also serves with several mission organizations across the world. We will be speaking about the pressing that is occurring in the world, which includes what we are witnessing with the coronavirus. We will be discussing a variety of points on this imperative topic, which includes the believer's response. So sit back and enjoy my conversation with Dr. Ryan Hatta. Friends, today we have a very special guest and good friend of mine, Dr. Ryan Hatta, who is a practicing emergency physician who also serves with several mission organizations across the world. We will be speaking about the pressing that is occurring in the world, which includes what we are witnessing with the coronavirus. We will be discussing a variety of points on this imperative topic, which include the believer's response. So sit back and enjoy my conversation with Dr. Ryan Hatta. Friends, today we have a very special guest and good friend of mine, Dr. Ryan Hatta, who is a practicing emergency physician who also serves with several mission organizations across the world. We will be speaking about the pressing that is occurring in the world, which includes what we are witnessing with the coronavirus. We will be discussing a variety of points on this imperative topic, which include the believer's response. So sit back and enjoy my conversation with Dr. Ryan Hatta. Friends, today we have a very special guest and friend of mine, Christopher Anderson, who is the author of Haunting of America, a demonologist take on American spirits. As we witness America sink deeper and deeper into apostasy and lawlessness, are there ancient spirits that have affected our land and our nation? We will be diving into this and discussing a variety of points on this profound topic, so sit back and enjoy my conversation with Christopher Anderson. 
Friends, today we have a very special guest and friend of mine, Christopher Anderson, who's the author of Haunting of America, a demonologist's take on American spirits. As we witness America sink deeper and deeper into apostasy and lawlessness, are there ancient spirits that have affected our land and our nation? We will be discussing a variety of points on this profound topic, so sit back and enjoy my conversation with Christopher Anderson. Friends, today we have a very special guest and dear friend of mine, Dr. Dean Spitzer, who is a Jewish believer and prominent leadership expert and Bible teacher. We will be discussing the imperative topic of anti-Semitism. As we witness the rise of anti-Semitism across the world, including America, it is paramount for the Gentile church to understand the genesis of anti-Semitism and the dark history of it so that we can stand with our Jewish brethren as we enter into these perilous times. We will be discussing a variety of points on this important topic, so sit back and enjoy my conversation with Dr. Dean Spitzer. Friends, today we have a very special guest and dear friend of mine, Dr. Dean Spitzer, who is a Jewish believer and prominent leadership expert and Bible teacher. We will be discussing the imperative topic of anti-Semitism. As we witness the rise of anti-Semitism across the world, including America, it is paramount for the Gentile church to understand the genesis of anti-Semitism and the dark history of it so that we can stand with our Jewish brethren as we enter into these perilous times. 